This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. This is my house. This is my house. I'm taking over, okay? Stephen A. and the crew. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at com. Touchdown! It's a Sammy Watkins Palooza! Touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Touchdown Bullpups! No flags on the play! It is 99 yards right up the seam! The big play threat from a season ago does it again! Everything happening in the sports world. Personal file. 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I tell you, I thought this morning I wasn't going to make it to this <laughs> afternoon. I, I haven't had many mornings like that in a long time. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson and the busiest man in McPherson on a day like today, a Volleyball Wednesday form, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. On a scale of 1 to 10, how fried is your brain this morning and now this afternoon? About a 14. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Because I also have, Do you, you know, feel overworked? I, Wednesday's always a really bad day or busy day because I have tons of volleyball to, to do from the night before. Then I'm also doing my six area previews and fearless forecaster for Thursday. So it's just a lot. But we're really excited today because our... What own, do you mean you're doing fearless forecaster? Don't you just have to take the notes that he gives you and just type them up? Is that what you mean? Well, I have to... His syntax is so bad. Oh, I have that's to kind true. Of it. But we're very excited because our owners are in town today. Diane and Jerry Davies are here. That's right. We are really excited to see them here. From uh, they're actually they're from California. Uh, they've traveled all over, and we're excited to have them here in the building. That's right. And normally, Steve, we're not a big meeting place. We no. don't have lots of meetings. We just no. do our jobs and go home and go to sleep. Sometimes at the office, but we've had lots of meetings this morning. Needed a little break. I needed to just come talk about some sports. Oh, Get all fired up. You do, and and uh, boy, there's a lot to talk about right now. Well, Steve. Are you feeling good about tonight, this afternoon? Are you feeling all right? Your St. Louis Cardinals playing in a game five I have a, in Atlanta. I have very low expectations. Jack Flaherty on the mound for you. Yeah. Are you feeling okay? I, win or lose, I'm just happy that they, you know, stretched it to five. Atlanta's the better team. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's little question that Atlanta is a, is a better baseball team. But that the Cardinals have taken it to five shows how spunky they are. Spunky. And it's the Cardinal way to take it to the limit. So they found a way to win game four. Here they are, game number five tonight, this afternoon. We have another game five going on tonight. This one on the opposite end of the country as the Los Angeles Dodgers are trying to just skate by and get into the NLCS. Which game, I mean, obviously as a Cardinals fan, but let's say you weren't a Cardinals fan, which one of these games is more appetizing to oh, you? Oh, I think the Dodgers-Nationals because it's going to be a great pitching duel. Uh, Walker Ferris-Bueller's pitching for Los Angeles. Uh, uh, Washington's got uh, Strasburg going. That's right. And it's it's amazing. Even though Washington was a wild card team, you know, I watch a lot of MLB, the Major League ne- Baseball Network, and a lot of their guys 
went with Washington not only to beat the Dodgers, but to make it to the World Series. And I think Billy Ripken and a couple others even picked them to win it. Steve, I was thinking about it this morning. I've got a couple things I want to talk about, but I was thinking about it this morning. Do you have some playoff series, some favorites that stand out in your mind? Because in the next two days, we have three Game 5s, series designing games, here with the Cardinals and the Braves, the Nationals and the Dodgers, and then the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros. So all these games are going, all these series are going the distance. Do you have any playoff series from the last couple years that stand out to you, or, or maybe the last 30 years that you remember well, very vividly? I, I, I remember more of the World Series. Even those, the, yeah. some that stand St. out to Louis you. St. Louis and Texas, where they had those oh, crazy great games. One. 2011. Yeah, those those were really crazy games. Uh, uh, David Freeze, I remember. And then, of course, the 1985, I think it was 85, when Ozzie Smith hit the home run against the Dodgers and Jack Buckle. Never be forgotten So when he says, go crazy, folks, go crazy. Well, that was probably 82. It was Because was 85 was a bad year for you, Steve. Yeah, but that was in the playoffs. I'm talking about that was in the playoffs. Oh, playoff. okay. Yeah, that would have been the playoffs. And uh, um, Ozzie Smith, of course, dancing around. And Jack Buck, of course, the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time. And anybody wants to argue with that, I'll argue with that because Jack Buck was the man as far as baseball. Give me Vince Scully any day. Uh, Vin- Vince, is, Vince is just too dry. I like Jack. And, and when he had Mike Shannon with him, they were – Couple guys that could relate, you know, to the common man, but the uh, the, the Royals playoff game with Oakland. I was I, there. I think they were down seven three. I was, was late there. as what the eighth inning was. Yep. The, and the Royals coming back to win that game. I think John Lester was pitching for Oakland. You then. bet he was. Yeah, and then a great comeback there. Um, one of my first recollections uh, growing up as a kid was the Boston St. Louis. 1967 World Series. Yeah. Bob Gibson was just unbelievable. Bobby G was all over Bob it. Gibson was just unbelievable. And then, of course, the next year, looked like they were going to repeat, had a 3-1 to one lead. I was in Mrs. Mason's class with my transistor radio in the sixth grade listening to that 1968 World Series. And, and then Kurt Flood misplayed a ball. It totally changed the whole complexion. The Cardinals ended up losing to the Tigers 4-3. to three. Mickey Lolich, who was about as wide as he was tall, won three games, and beat Bob Gibson in an epic Game 7. I've got a couple of series that stand out to me, and more of them are World Series, but a couple of championship series that stand out to me, and they both happen to be in the same year, 2003. Do you remember both of those series? Uh, I don't. I probably do if you remind me. So you have not only the Boston, New York oh, yeah. American League Championship Came back Series. From 3-0. No, the year before. Okay. Where it went to seven games. Okay. Aaron Boone hit the walk off home That's run right. in game number seven. That's right. And I think pretty much catapulted him into a managerial job and jobs at ESPN. But then on the National League side, do you remember what series that was? Mm, Very I, important game six. I don't remember. You have the Florida Marlins taking on the Chicago Cubs. Oh, Bartman game. The Bartman game. Yeah, I wonder where that guy is now. I can't imagine Living he's doing well. Living in hiding still, 16 years later. They brought him out a couple years ago, but anyway, that series, both of those, I was eight years old, and they were both very influential for me in terms of I remember watching it, and I remember being so ingrained with it and following every single game, going home every night and saying, okay, we got the Cubs and the Marlins, game number six. Oh, the Bartman thing happened. Let's see what happens next the next night. Those two stand out to me a lot. And then, of course, the 2004 ALCS with Boston coming back right. from 3-0. Yeah. And, Steve, it was a little different for you. Of course, the Yankees were 
pretty good while you were really, really young. Yeah. But well, they weren't that great for you during a lot of your adulthood. Well, they weren't. Uh, where they weren't good was uh, in the 90s, early 90s. And the 80s. And, and the 80s. They were really bad in the 80s. But you did jog my memory. I remember watching the Bucky Dent game. Yeah. Uh, New York had made up a 14-game deficit on the Red Sox. They had a one-game playoff. Mike Torres, who was from Topeka, was on the mound for Boston. And Bucky Dent hit, hit one, one over the monster. Hit one over the monster. It was about a 300-foot. Remember, you know, that they always talk about the green monster. Realistically, it is only about 300 feet from home plate. Right. It's not but, hard but you to have, get over. You have to loft it over. And Bucky Dent got it up into the screen. Of course, now they got seats up there in the screen. It used to just be a screen and, you know, to keep it from going out on Yaki Way or Yaki Drive, whatever it is. But I remember that game because Boston had just blown a big lead and, and then Bucky Dan hit the home run. And remember, Steve, when I was a young kid, yeah, the team of the time was the Yankees. Right. They won in ninety six when I was one. Mm-hmm. They won in ninety eight, won in or they won in ninety eight, ninety nine. I'm I'm confusing days because the Marlins won they in ninety six. They won in four out of five years. Yeah, so ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, and the ninety six. So the first five years of my life, the Yankees won four World Series. Yeah. Then they were playing in the 01 World Series against the Diamondbacks, and that's one of the first ones that I really remember watching. So the Yankees were just this monster team to me as a young person, and then they won again in then, 2009. But really, they haven't then, had a ton of success since. Yeah, Boston kind of took over. Boston right. won three World Series. I remember, you know, the curse of the Bambino. They never thought Boston would win a World Series, and then they won three. They had Tito Francona. 04, 07, and then 13. Yeah. And then last year. Yeah, and yeah, so four. Does anybody remember that the Red Sox won the World That's Series right. last the year? World, they won 108 games, won the World Series. Uh, really, a disappointing World Series for me is when the Cardinals played the Red Sox, got swept, just looked awful that whole series. Yeah, Cardinals, Red Sox, Yankees. I mean, those were the three teams when I was a young, impressionable baseball fan. Those were the teams that were really, really good. And Well, my Redbirds, you know, they were really good in the 60s. Played in the 64, 67, 68, and then they absolutely died in the 70s. Uh, they weren't, they were not relevant. Good in the 80s. Finally came back in 82, uh, won the World Series in 82. That really good series with the Brewers. Uh, of course, they had Harvey Wallbangers. You know, Milwaukee had all those home run hitters, so they called them the Harvey Wallbangers. Then, of course, the Cardinals lost in the Dinkinger series in 85, which to this day I'm still bitter about. All right, Steve, we've we've done our trip down memory lane. I want your predictions right now. Do the Cardinals win? No. Do the Dodgers win? Yes. Okay. Home team. Home teams are going to win tonight. There you go. Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, I've got a question for you. It was something I was pondering about yesterday and would like to get your thoughts on this and have a little open discussion. Sound good to you? We always have an open discussion. That's right. We're pretty open people. All right. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back in this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I have a question for you. Okay, Isn't that one of the greatest riffs? It is a good song. Golden Country. 
Time has come for you, my friend, That's to right. answer this question. So I was thinking about this last night, and unfortunately, I follow a college football team that has had to make some coaching changes a few times over the last decade, a college basketball team that has had to make some coaching changes, and you follow a college football team that has had to make several changes in their coaches over the last decade. And I was thinking about, okay, do we have a golden rule? Do we have standards? Do we have a typical protocol on what we do in terms of judging how much time we should give coaches at a new school? And I kind of thought about this because of the reaction I saw from some K-State fans over the weekend with Coach Chris Kleiman. I've seen the reaction with Les Miles a few times that people are, they like to make changes quick. And I feel like it's now more than ever. So do we have a standard protocol on how we are going to continue to go about making coaching changes? Because I can think back to a few changes the last few years, thinking, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. got to move on. Time to make a change. And then sometimes you get the feeling of, oh, come on, you got to let him try a little bit longer. Do you have a standard in your head where you think, okay, you got to give him three years? What goes into your mind with that process? I always feel like a coach should stay – they should let him go through his entire cycle of recruiting class. So you're saying four for years. college football, your standard should be about but four years? I also do the eyeball test. And, like, for KU, David Beatty should have never got a fourth year. It was no. – anybody that watched them play and saw the disorganization, you know, changing of offensive coordinators midseason, changing defensive court, that – that was a mess, and sometimes the eyeball test trumps, you know, common theory that you should let a guy have his recruiting class all the way through. I always feel like four years is long enough. So let's say let's go back to David Beatty, and I think they went zero and twelve the first year, and then maybe one or two wins the next year. He had one win his first two years. So if you go back to let's say the middle of that second year, and things are not looking good. Are you fine with making changes? Or let's go to the coach before him, Charlie Weiss. They cut him in the middle of his second year. When do you make the decision early that it's time to make a change? Well, that's where I think the eyeball test comes in. When you just, for one thing, if you see the stands in college, let's face it, college football is the biggest money maker at any school. Right. Because that's where you get your most fans. And at most places, it does not make money. And when, you know, in David Beatty's third year, there was like 20,000 in the stands. Obviously, maybe. K- yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and obviously, fans had soured on him. And you have to think of the, you know, financial aspect sometimes, and especially since they were going south. I I was surprised they brought him back, you know, last year. Like he came very cheap. Remember that? That's right. Well, I I just I watch coaching changes happen, and it and it happens in professional sports too. So how does your mind change? on the professional landscape with football, because there's no recruiting classes. I mean, you have draft classes, but some of that's just luck of the draw. You can't really influence much. It's not like Jay Gruden last year who just got fired for the Redskins could could have said, you know, let's go get Kyler Murray. Well, you can't necessarily. Well, I'll be honest. In the NFL, I think the window is much shorter, or the leash is much shorter. Um, two years. You can tell after two years where a team is trending. And look at the Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Rams were a good, you know, team to look at that. You know, Sean McVay came in. I mean, in two years, he had them, you know, in the Super Bowl. So, you know, Andy Reid, you know, he he came in. He really didn't have to worry because, you know, he was established. But these 
Like last year, Arizona had a first-year coach, Steve Wilkes. They were a disaster. And Cardinals management saw that he was in over his head. They got rid of him after one year. You know, he had a quarter. They drafted a quarterback number ten overall, Josh Rosen. They saw he didn't work out. Sent him to Siberia, or I'm sorry, Miami. You know, to you know, and, join that group. Yeah, and then of course he gets hurt in Miami. So um, I think NFL coaches have a much shorter leash. Well, I have watched a few different coaching changes, and like I've talked about before, I'm a big Arkansas Razorback fan, and that's a group that I watch flip all the time. Fan base flips all the time. And they will turn on somebody, and it ends up usually leading to a firing. And I'm one of those guys, typically, that is a give them a little bit more time. Yeah. Give them a little bit more time. And like kind of the things you were saying there, wait and see what these recruiting classes do. Because I really do think that's important. And at the bigger schools where there is the investment being made, I just think you've got to give a little bit more time. And the problem is sometimes, Steve, that we see – you know, like with David Beatty, you have this coach who has been horrible, but he gets to the point where his contract is about to expire, and no coach wants to coach in a fourth year on a four-year deal. Without an extension. Without that extension. And so you say, all right, David Beatty, great job your first three years. Congrats on those three wins. Here's a little bit more money. And it conflicts your message here. It conflicts what you're saying, and okay, well, yeah, we believe in you, but nah, not all that much. It's hard for me to make these quick decisions because I think that you can tell a little bit more with my personality when it comes to some of these coaching changes. I'm not an overnight time to get rid of him. Oh, never mind. He's, he's the greatest decision maker of all time. We got to keep him forever. Yeah, knee jerk reaction. I'm a little bit more laid back and I, and I want to take full sample sizes and I want to take a little bit more time. I also. I'm not the biggest fan of, of cutting coaches in the middle of the season sometimes. I don't like that. I, I really don't like that. I just think if, if, if you do that, it, it, you're just it throwing, changes you're, things. You're throwing the towel in on the season right there. And I do think sometimes there is the advantage of, okay, so if we fire, let's say Les Miles, KU comes out tomorrow and says, we're done with you, Les. We're going to make a new change. It gives you more time to prepare for a new coach. But I think that most places typically already know. And you know, whenever Les, you get Les to that Miles, point. I think has a five-year deal. Is that right? Not that I'm saying Les Miles should be fired. He's either at a four or five-year deal. One thing about Les Miles, he's there for one reason, and that's just to get the program back to respectability. And then he's done because he's 65, and he's pretty much indicated at the end. If you know he can last the duration of his contract, he probably is is finished because if it's a five-year deal, he'd be 70. He's ready to probably do other things. He just wants to get this program back on solid footing and you know you look at this year uh, are they better can't, can't tell I mean I, I can't tell I think they're a little better I think they're a little more organized but he this is he's playing Beatty's players he didn't bring in any you know he is not a Juco guy you look at his recruiting class I think all his signees for next year he's already got 26 guys signed it's been a very highly regarded class and I think they're all high school kids I always find it interesting watching the public's reception and their reaction to bad times at schools. And unfortunately, I've had to watch a lot of them with my Arkansas Razorbacks. But I can usually gauge where people are in Arkansas whenever I talk to my grandma. Yeah. I, I get a hold of her and, and she'll say, I'm so sick of this coach, Mike Anderson. He's got to go. Now, let me, I was going to, that made me. Uh, Chad Morris, she told me last week, Chad Morris has got to go. You, were you fine with Mike Anderson getting fired? 
I, I I just didn't know exactly what to do. I always felt with Mike Anderson, you at least have a you knew what you were getting, right? And he always put a a quality a, a decent program or you know decent team on the floor. I was I was surprised when they fired him. And you look at what his record had been, and they were great at home, but they just couldn't get over the final hump. And you're seeing attendance slide and. And the players were very upset with it, and I think they just wanted to go in a completely different direction. And But anyway, for, for some programs, you can base what you think the fans are doing by, for me, talking to my grandma and see what people in Arkansas are, t- are telling her. And, and she's, oh, this coach has got to go. And I just find it funny sometimes that there is that immediate reaction. Well, I'm done with them. they gotta, they got to let them go. And then they win one big game. And they go, he's a savant. We got to keep him around well, I, forever. I have found it interesting that K Staters are already hitting the panic button on climbing after starting 0 and 2 uh, in the Big 12. Um, you know, they're saying, well, guys, he in over his head. Because, you know, Craig Bowl, when he was what, North Dakota State, I believe it was, and they won all those national championships. Craig, was it Craig Bowl? I think his name was. He's now at Wyoming. Okay. And uh, he's had moderate success. At Wyoming, I mean, Craig Bowles' name came up for a lot of jobs, and of course, Kleiman. You know, he won what national championships where he was, and you know, he starts zero and two in the Big Twelve. It, you can't hit the panic button yet. K State, I still think K State will win at a minimum six games this year. I think they're going to be seven and five. Quite honest. Interesting conversation. It was going on in my head last night. Did it go okay, Steve? What's that? Our conversation today. Oh yeah, yeah. You thought it went fine. Yeah. I was just pondering about that. Okay, when when do I need to pull the plug and start yelling fire climbing, or do I need to start saying, guys, relax, relax? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, because I'm definitely not on the let's go. I just bring think, the torches and go to his yeah, house. I, I just I'm not one of those. I'm just guys. not a knee jerk reaction guy. No, other than David Beatty, he just well, that was just bad. That was bad. You don't hire coaches that have never been head coaches. Turner Gill is the same way. Yeah. All right, Steve. One more break. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we don't have much time left today, but tomorrow... It's a bullpup football preview Thursday. Oh, yeah. Getting ready for McPherson and Augusta. Hopefully not on a snowy Friday night. Oh, man. I tell you, I'm not ready for snow. It's way too early. Get your that. pants on today. You're feeling good. Yeah, but I think where I saw in the forecast, uh, it's supposed to move out by about 2 in the afternoon. Okay. Basically rain mixed with, I think, it's it's not going to be like snow snow, but, you know, like flurries and stuff like that. Yeah. There you go. Well, we're feeling good. Steve, tell the people where to go check out all your hard work from today. MidKansasOnline.com. There you go. Wrapping up today's show. Hey, go Cardinals. Go Redbirds. I'll, I'll give you that. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Next Tech Wireless. 
and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.